I want you to very quickly come away with me to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings, 17th chapter. The book of 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. The book of 1 Kings. We're still in our church reset series. Yes, Verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in Kareth, Raven, east of the Jordan. And you will drink from the brook. And I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth raven east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat. In the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers, the readers, the listeners to his holy word. I don't know how many have been operated on in some way. But if you have, there is always... A fear of going under the knife. And what makes it bearable is that the belief you will be better afterwards. So you endure with the hope of better health. Am I right about that? The truth is that anyone who wants to become a man or a woman of God has to endure the cutting of God. Y'all ain't ready to hear this this morning. It is his operation in our lives. It is called circumcision. Cutting away of the flesh in the Old Testament was a literal operation, a requirement of the law. In the new, it is a spiritual operation Romans 2 and 29 I'm feeling good already so hallelujah it says no a person is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit not by the written code y'all see that such a person's praise is not from other people, but from who? From God. Oh, my, my, my. It is from God. Let me just pause here. Um, did you all get, do you have the app? Do you have the notes? The description? Okay, good, because I'm about to take off here in just a few seconds here, so I just want to make sure you already got your stuff. Colossians. Backs it up in Colossians 2 and 11. It tells us that therefore remember the formerly you who are Gentiles in the flesh. And called uncircumcised by the so-called circumcision. 
that done in the body by human hands. So remember what happened before in the flesh. But God is about to do something in the spirit. So what you got to understand that flesh must be dealt with if we are to function in the spiritual realm. You got to deal with this flesh that you carry around 24-7. In order that you may move to the spiritual realm, you got to do something with your flesh. Because flesh is a mess. I don't care who bones it on. So you got to deal with this flesh in order to get to the spiritual realm where God wants you to be. Some people wonder why they're not growing is because they have never dealt with their flesh. Until you deal with this flesh because your flesh always think it's right. Your flesh think you all of that in a bag of chips. Your flesh think it can do things and get away with it. Your flesh thinks it's in charge. How do you know that, Bishop? Try to fast. So the flesh should tell you I'm in charge. But you have to tell that flesh, no, you're not in charge. So in our text in Kings, uh, Elijah was being prepared as a vessel of God. And he sent him to Kareth, meaning cutting. Everybody say cutting. cutting. See, at Kareth, three things happen. Our flesh is cut away. Number two, our faith is strengthened. Number three, our obedience is tested. Say that with me. My flesh is cut away. My faith is strengthened. And my obedience is tested. So let us go with Elijah and visit him in this stage of his development. See, Elijah had challenged uh, the false gods of Israel, Baal and Asherah, and Elijah, the ordinary man from an obscure place, uh, the praying spokesman of God to Ahab, had been obedient to the Lord. And what's next? Yeah, he praying to the Lord, and, and the natural man might say, stay and enjoy the victory. But God says, go east of Jordan, away from the promised land, hide in the desert at Kerith. Which leadeth us to remember God's ways are not our ways, according to Isaiah 55 and 8. Our ways are not his ways. Why in the world would God tell you to leave the promised land and go to Kareth, which represents a desert place? See, we're doing good right where we are now. Why would you uh, give us an assignment to go somewhere where we're un if unfamiliar, unfamiliar territory? We haven't been there before. It's dry. It's stale. Ain't nothing happening over there. They ain't getting their groove on over there. Why are you telling me to go to a desert place? When I'm in the promised land, we're doing all right. And you're going to take me over here to a dry place? See, what you got to understand is that the flesh is deceptive. Everybody say deceptive. So to be a servant of God takes a, takes a people that walk in the spirit. So remember the spirit. Bears witness to our spirit which calls us to submit and serve. And so the sole reason we, what, what seems logical or illogical. 
One lesson learned, one victory gained, a servant of God does not make. There is a process. Say that with me. There's a process. And here lies the possibility of deception. We have arrived. And a lot of folk, they believe that they have arrived. That's a deception to believe that you have arrived. You haven't arrived until God has taken you on to glory. You haven't arrived until you walk uh-huh, on those uh, st- streets that are paved with gold. You go through the gates and hey, they welcome you in. You have not arrived. And so some people feel like they have arrived. Consider Moses, a man born of faith, raised in the courts of royalty. A somebody who got ahead of God, tried to work out God's promise in delivering the Israelites by killing an Egyptian. And was sent to the desert to be taught God's way. See, sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves and feel like we can do things and get away with it. But God said, "Uh uh-uh, because you did that, I'm going to take you to desert way. Moses, because you killed that Egyptian, I got to take you to the desert place and get some stuff out of you so you'll be ready to do my will. See, some of us think we'll arrive, but God said, I got to get some more stuff out of you in order that you may be ready to do the assignment that I have for you. Just because you have won some people to the Lord don't mean that you have arrived. Just because you can sing a little bit and groaning and, and, and a little bit, that don't mean that you have arrived. Just because you got a voice and you, oh, la, 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 la. Uh-uh, that don't mean that you have arrived. Just because you got two or three nickels in your pocket don't mean that you have arrived. Just because you think you look better than everybody else and you got all them that shape and figures and the curves and nobody can't hardly reach them, uh-huh, don't mean that you have arrived. And just because you know how to speak and you got a voice that make people melt and you speak with diction and all that kind of stuff don't mean that you have arrived. Just because you have more degrees than a thermometer don't believe that you have arrived. Just because, just because you feel like you are done alright in life and everything you do look like it work in your favor. When you invest it work in your favor. When you start a business it work in your favor. You are entrepreneur and everything you think about it works out alright. Don't mean that you have arrived are you following me and so what happened to Moses this was the lesson we need to learn Elijah needed to know it was his idea it was initiated and energized by his flesh it led to failure and greater opposition Pharaoh increased the workload. So sometimes you can think you got it going on, but it will work in the opposite of favor. And so the flesh at work through it appears good. And according to God's promise, instead, uh, increased bondage uh, happened. And so Moses went to the desert for 40 years to become a nobody that God can use. And so greatness as the Bible defines it, never comes suddenly. Uh-huh, I want you to get that. Would you look down your room and tell everybody, tell them, say, you cannot rush greatness. 
You can't rush greatness. If you want something great, you can't rush it. You can't just throw something together. Greatness comes over a course of time. Greatness, you have to have uh, some patience. Greatness, you've got to uh-huh, stay there through the thick and the thin. So it affords in the furnace of time, of affliction and the cutting and the burning of the flesh. Yes, yes, yes. You have to go through in this life in order to obtain greatness and so Proverbs 17 and 3 says the crucible for uh, uh, the for the silver and the furnace for gold but the Lord tests the heart and I thank God that God tests our heart and then James come here James and testify for me he says in James 1 and 2 say consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything so if I got this right God said if you go through this trial you won't lack anything if you go through this I have everything that you need if you don't give up and throw in the towel while you're going through it's the making of you how many people have settled how many people have thrown in the towel and gave up on her right before God was getting ready to give them breakthrough they broke off and they broke out before God can give them the breakthrough you cannot stop at this time you have come too far to turn around I'm telling you my God eternity is too long and the days are too short for you to stop at this time God has got you right where you need to be sister girl God got you right where he wants you to be man and so why would you turn around back up and turn around at this time can you say amen uh, there is no secret what God can do what he does do for another he'll do the same thing for you I'm telling you that God, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 oh, I hear you, I, I hear you, Usher, I hear you, yeah, no limits, but I'm telling you that God don't have any limits. God don't have any limits of what he want to do for his people. Can you say amen? Oh, yes, yes, yes. He said, yeah, my huh? He said, he said, yes and amen. And I'm here to tell you there's another yes that, that God want to give you when you say yes. As you draw nigh to God, he say, come here, I'll draw nigh to you. As you start walking toward to God, God will start walking toward you. You cannot afford to sit there and sit down and act like you don't need to do anything. As long as you sit there, God said, I'm going to stay right where I am. But as soon as you get up and start walking toward God, God said, oh, I like that kind of faith. I'm going to move towards you. And you already know that God's steps are bigger than yours. And before you know anything, you and God have connected. And the last time I checked, you and God are the majority. I don't care who's against you. With you and God, you are the majority. Can I get some witnesses in this house hallelujah oh yeah and so it tells us here that, that, that listen that we can we will not lack anything and so Peter 1 verses 6 and 7 says in all this you uh, greatly rejoice though, uh, though now but for a little while a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of the greater worth than gold. 
which uh, uh, perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise. Look at here, look at here. Glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. I'm here to tell you that, listen, uh, yes, 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 uh, it, the results is going to happen in praise and joy and glory and honor when we continue to let God know that, hey, we are willing to go through the trial we're willing to go through the test. We're willing to make it through the temptation. I'm telling you, it's that refined fire that will cause us to come and go where God wants us to go. Can you say amen? And so sometimes we think we can cheat and uh, take the shortcut to end our destiny. We can uh, reach out about, uh, read about uh, Elijah. We know his end uh, and doing that though he, he missed the process. The preparation needed to fulfill our promise. It can only be found in God's school. And where is God's school? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Deuteronomy 32 and 10 says in a desert land from desert land he found him that's where the school is the school is in the desert place the school is when you go through something that's the testing of you you're not gonna make it to the next grade until you go through a series of tests you're not gonna get promoted unless you go through the desert way you got to go through some things and figure this out and figure that out and walk this way and walk that way so that you can get what God has in store for you can you say amen so he said, in a barren and howling waste, he, 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 he uh, shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as an apple of his eye. I like the way God does things. Deuteronomy 8.2. Uh-huh, I got a few scriptures for you. Say, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart. He did it so he wanted to know what was in your heart. Whether or not you would keep his commandments. Look at this here. He wanted to know. Maybe this pandemic happened because God wanted to know what was in your heart. Maybe this, uh, uh, this season that you're in is because God want to know what's in your heart. Yes, yes. Whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that cometh from the mouth of the Lord. And that's the way that we got to live in these last days. We got to live from the, the bread that comes from the mouth of God. You got to live by this word that God has given you day in and day out. That's how we live from the word of God. Can you say amen? And so the Hebrew word for desert means to speak. It literally is a class of the the spirit of God's school. Why do we need this place of learning? Because in the desert character is formed. In the desert God is more interested in the character of his children than their gift. Did you get that? He's more interested in how you come out than what you got to offer him. And so Elijah was hidden at Kerithah, but not for uh, not forgotten. And I'm, I thank God I might be in a desert place, but I am not forgotten. Would you look down your road and tell him, say, thank God. We are not forgotten. No, no, no. We're not forgotten by God. And so the Hebrew word hide in our opening text is more accurately translated as absent yourself. 
uh-huh, or separate yourself. And so the preacher proclaimed as Elijah had done was not enough. Somebody said it is a dishonor to talk about the power of prayer and lead a prayerless life. There's a whole lot of folk that talking but not doing very much. It's, listen, it's a sad thing to talk about witnessing and not doing a thing. You talk about prayer, but you ain't open your mouth yet. You talk about love, but you can't even love your wife. You talk about joy, but you ain't got up yet and clapped your hand. You talk about being excited and happy, but you don't act like you're enthused about anything. It's one thing to say on something, but it's another thing to get up and do something about it. Uh, if you would, shake somebody and tell them it's time to do something about it yes 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 and so it is dishonesty to talk about forgiveness and fail to forgive there's a whole lot of folk talking about forgiveness but you haven't forgave anybody yet you uh, listen here you leave your gift at the altar and you go and you get it right with your brother leave your gift at the altar and you go to get good go and get it right with your wife you leave your gift at the altar and you go get it right with your husband you leave your gift at the altar and you go get it right with your brother. You leave your gift at the altar and you go get it right with your sister. I'm so tired of these people around here talking about they love God and cannot forgive anybody. You need to start at your home. You need to start with yourself. You need to forgive yourself first. God is greater than our heart. You sitting around here moping like bad luck, slept rock. God done already forgave you up there and you keep bringing it up. God saying, what are you talking about? I done already forgave you of that and put it in the depths of the sea to remember it no more. Why are you moping? Why are you beefing? Get up! Some of us want to wallow in our mishaps. We want to wallow in what we've been through. We want everybody to know how bad we had it and how they did me. And you don't understand. They left me here standing with all of everything. I, I, he left me with the car payment. He left me with the house payment. She left me with the children. She left me. She left me. She left me. But God said, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the earth. He said, when my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will take me. What are you crying about? That's their loss. It's not your law. It's their law. If they knew anything good, they would have stayed with you. It's better to keep them. It's cheaper to keep them. Hallelujah. I didn't come for your amen. You can sit down if you want to, but it's all right with me because I know God told me to tell you this. Can you say amen? Yes, 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 yes. We got to learn how to forgive. Integrity is serving God when no one is watching. Now, yes, yes. In these last days, we got to have more integrity than we've ever had before. We got to serve God when nobody is watching. You just can't come in here and let everybody see you run and take a victory lap. No, ma'am. No, sir. You got to be running when you're out uh, from these doors. Uh, you got to be running while you're on your job. And I'm not talking about literally running. I'm talking about running for Jesus. I'm I'm talking about standing up for Jesus, standing up for the king. I'm talking about my God, not doing what everybody else do, not be doing what it's convenient to do, but do what you know that you ought to do. Can't hit nobody in this place. Hallelujah. And so, and so, yes, hearing the word and doing it. It's also uh -huh, something great. One thing to do, hear the word, but it's another thing to do the word. 
God hides us in the wilderness to see our response. He also hides himself from us to test our faithfulness. Can you say amen? Relationship is provided in rocket times, not in the easy going. Everything is all right times. Anybody can praise him when you everything is going all right. Anybody can praise him when your money is right. Anybody can praise him when your children are obedient. Anybody can praise him when the husband and the wife is acting right. Anybody can praise him when everything you know uh, is working in your favor. But it's when you are in that desert place and nobody act like they care. It's when you feel you all alone. It's when you feel you done prayed and you done cried and you done cried and you done prayed and you done prayed and you done cried and you done cried and you done prayed and it seemed like God ain't heard nothing you said. That's when you know that you know you got a relationship with God when you feel like you cannot hear God. God where are you at this time? I don't hear nothing. I don't feel nothing. I don't see nothing. Ain't nobody saying nothing good to me but God where are you where you're in Kareth you're in the desert place don't you give up while you're in Kareth girl you don't come too far can you say amen yes yes God was saying Elijah you spoke my word now can you live my life Yes, yes, a lot of folk are speaking the word, but I'm asking you, can you live the life? Mm-hmm, I knew I turned the corner on you right there. Yeah, yeah, you got to be able to live the life. In these last days, you're going to have to be able to live the life. There's a whole lot of folk talking about it, but you got to be able to live the life. I'm telling you right now, hallelujah, with the, with the years that I got left on this earth, I'm going to give God the praise on my way out, on my way up. I'm not going to give the devil a satisfaction of me being sad on any day. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care if the folk on my row are deader than dead. I don't care if the folk on my row don't want to say nothing about God. I don't care if they don't have nothing to praise God for. I don't care if they look like statues or mummies I'm going to give God the praise because I know he's been good to me is anybody in here can testify that God's been good to you and you don't care how they look at you you know that it was God that brought you all the way to where you are right now nobody but God so I say do you trust me can you rely on me are you mine if you had known me in Karen, the place of spiritual circumcision. Somebody said it with me, spiritual circumcision. The cutting place. Kareth was an ugly place where a small sip of water had worn away rock. And so the water was probably murky and dark with green algae and the weather was hot. And that in, in that geographical area, 45 to 50 Celsius in the afternoon, but cold at night. And so Elijah was in the desert drinking muddy water and ravens bought, brought him food to eat. But wait, Raven, uh, there, there were unclean, that was the unclean birds, the scavengers uh, that fed on rotten uh, carrion and, and garbage that are often found where dead carcasses lay and garbage 
McDonald's. Uh, that, that was, there wasn't uh, no McDonald's around. There wasn't no Burger King around. There was no, uh, yeah, there were no Zaxby's around. Uh, this, 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 this was a, a forsaken place, living in loneliness, eating rotten meat, and, and, and my God, drinking muddy water. But yet, God was there through it all. And so Kareth was enough to bring every fleshly emotion in Elijah's uh, uh, life to the surface. Uh, but aren't, uh, aren't you glad a servant of God, he, he must have asked himself, didn't God call me to proclaim his word? Uh, uh, but Carmen was ahead of Elijah, uh, a place of supernatural wonder. And if you want to be used on Carmen, uh, then you better open overcome careth but before you wear a crown you must be uh, crucified on the cross and can we serve him in the time of lack and and as, as well as time of sufficiency well what lesson can we learn from this part of Elijah's life well I got a few things I want to tell you and then I'm going to sit down number one we are called to serve God where he chooses See, not, 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 not just because what we want to do. We are called to serve God where he chooses. Are y'all with me now? Number two, preparation always precedes power. Are y'all hearing me? Oh my God, if you want the power of God, you must be willing to prepare. Folk want power, but they don't want to prepare for nothing. People want to sing the house down, but they don't want to practice. They don't want to prepare themselves. They don't want to uh-huh, do what it takes in order to get the power. Can you say amen? Yes, yes. If you were, I'm going to tell you this. God is taking you to your power move. Yes, you're in a place of holding, a place of preparation, but you're on your way to your power move. Can you say amen? Uh-huh. They're looking at you like you're a little winkling. They're looking at you like you're a nobody, but you are just in preparation. That's all it is. And while you're in preparation, God is taking you and moving you to your power move. Oh, look at somebody and say, I feel my power move. Yes, number three, it's about relationship and not uh religion. Uh, The ravens, God used unclean things uh, to reveal the flesh. It's not about religion. A lot of folk, they say, have you got good religion? And I don't mind them asking that. But it's not just about religion. It's about relationship. If you got relationship, you won't have to worry about your religion. Can you say amen? And number four, those who will proclaim must first learn to be still. Uh Uh-huh, you got to be still long enough for God to teach you something. The silence of the desert compared to the busyness of life. God has got to cause you to stop long enough so that he can put something in you. He's got to get you to a place where you can really hear him. Some of us are so busy that we can't hear God. We're so busy doing church work that we cannot hear God. We can't sit down long enough to get God's word in us so he can speak to our heart. Can you say amen? There's nothing wrong with being busy. There's nothing wrong with having businesses, but don't put everything before God. Can you say amen? 
And then number five, faith is, hallelujah, faith is formed in the arena of having nothing. Ooh, I like that. That's what faith is. It's in the arena of having nothing. I like those folk that don't have nothing because they know from where nothing is that ain't nowhere else to go but to go up. Ah, oh, when you ain't got nothing, you can't have nothing but faith. But when folk got everything, they say, well, I ain't got to believe God for that. I can just go pay for that. Uh-uh, but when you don't have nothing, you got to believe God. And that's when your faith will begin to rise to the point where God wanted to be. Can you say amen? And some things uh, you're not going through because you did anything wrong. God allowed it to be so, so he can elevate your faith for where he's taking you to the next level. You're going to need another faith for the level that he's taking you to. You're going through that because God is working on your faith. Would you wave your hand at somebody and say he's working on my faith right now? And in conclusion, there were two things that happened at Kareth. Lord, I thank you for this place today. Ooh, I wish I had a more time, but I don't. Elijah saw himself Ooh. and his own weakness, his own inability, his own flesh, his own pride. It's a good thing when you can recognize the stuff that's in you is not like God. It's a great thing when you can recognize you've fallen short of the glory of God. It's a great thing when you recognize that you are not all of that in a bag of chips. It's a great thing when you recognize that God is all power. It's a great thing when you recognize that you have messed up and you need God to clean it up. It's a great thing when you know that God didn't bring you this far to leave you. Can you say amen? And so Elijah develops a relationship and dependency on God. And that would make him one of the most powerful vessels of God that we read about in all of the scripture. And so the last day church needs to learn the lesson of God. Sufficiency instead of self-sufficiency. If it is to impact the last days, can you say amen? And so it was God that sent Elijah to Kareth. It was God who sustained him in Kareth. It was God who would take Elijah out of Kareth into power. Can you say amen? And so look at Elijah. God had to step in on time. And so I might have not have told you what we're talking about today, mother. But what I'm talking about is a prepared church. God has already prepared a blessing for a prepared church. In these last days, God want to prepare church. Can you say amen? When I, when I look at this thing that happened, when I look at this pandemic that happened, I'm looking at a place where we were, really we were in Kareth. We were in a desert place. We didn't know what to do, whether to come or go. We didn't know whether to stay home or come out. We didn't know where the thing was because the thing was invisible. We didn't know whether it was around the corner or it was around us. But can you say amen? But my God, we woke up after a while and we shook ourselves and we said, greater is he that is in me, mother, 
than he that is in the world. Uh, we woke up and shook ourselves. Uh, we said a thousand shall fall at our side uh, and ten thousand at the right hand. Uh, but it shall not come nigh thee. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, so what are you saying, brother preacher? Uh, I'm saying that God was there all the time. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, we've been in Karen since 2019. Uh, Karen was all around us. Uh, and we were in Karen and didn't even know it. Uh, we was in a desert place and didn't even know it. Uh, God was protecting us and we didn't even give him the credit. Uh, God was there, uh, providing for us and we didn't give him the glory. Uh, but I'm here, I'm standing here today uh, to tell y'all that God was the one that kept us all the time. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, would you look down your row and point at everybody? Uh, tell them, say, you might not have given him the credit. Uh, but he was there all the time. Tell him, say, a matter of fact, matter of fact, he's here right now, protecting you right now. Can you say amen? And if y'all allow me to tell you that your future is in his hand, can you say amen? Yes, we've been in Kareth, but Kareth don't scare me no more. We might be in a desert place, but while I'm in the desert, I'm going to meditate on God. While I'm in the desert prophetess, I'm going to talk to God. While I'm in this place, I'm going to talk to my Savior because I know that my Redeemer lives. Can you say amen? Where are you, church? God is looking for a prepared church. And my question for all of us, are you prepared for what we're about to face? Because this pandemic was nothing. This was nothing. This was a preparation for where God is getting ready to take us. This was a preparing place. You need to get yourself together. You need to get, get, get up huh, and get yourself together huh, so you'll be ready huh, when God calls you. Huh, who there then huh, is ready to get on the front line? Huh, who is willing huh, to volunteer for the Lord? Huh, I lift up my hands huh, and say, here I am. Huh, I'm ready. Huh, put me in the game, coach. Huh, can you say amen? Huh, I normally wouldn't be ready, but I don't sit here in this desert place. I don't sit on this bench long enough. I'm ready to get in now, coach. I don't study the game. I don't study my position. I saw who was before me and how they played that position. I'm more knowledgeable now. I'm more wiser than I was in the past. I'm ready to get in the game. I'm ready to do the will of the Lord. I'm ready to do what he called me to do. Can you say amen? I'm ready to love like I've never been hurt. I'm ready to give joy. I know I got joy, unspeakable joy. I know I got peace that flows like a river. I'm ready, God. I'm surrounded by a crowd of witnesses. Can you say amen? I can see the witnesses of God telling you, come on. Come on. Come on. You can make it through the storm. Come on. You can make it out of that pit. Come on. You can
can make it through life. You can make it through that sickness. You can make it through that pain. You can make it through death. Can you say amen? Look at somebody and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to go higher than I've ever gone before. I got a question for you. Are you ready? Are you ready to give God your best? I'm ready to give him my best. After being in the desert, after being in Kareth, he gonna take me from Kareth to Mount Carmel. Shout yeah, I'm ready to leave the desert place, to go to the mountain top. Shout glory, winning church, winning church. Are you listening to me? You gotta go through what you gotta go through. You gotta do what God say do. You gotta prepare yourself while you're in Karen, while you're in the desert. And if you prepare yourself, you'll be ready to perform in power. Shout glory. Look at your neighbor. I said, neighbor, 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 are you ready to perform with power? Yeah, yes. Look back at him and say, yes, I am. I'm ready to perform with power. Shout glory. Power of the Holy Ghost, not the power in myself. But the power of God, huh? shout yeah, power, make the devil shake, huh? power, huh? to build things again, huh? shout yeah. All right, all right. The prepared church is what we want to be. He may take you the long way. He may take you through Kareth. And it may not be pretty. It may be dry. Nobody want to be in Kareth. We want to be over there where it's jumping, where it's bumping, where it's shaking and it's vacant. Huh? But you might have to go through Kareth to get to Mount Carmel. He's not going to start you off with cookies and cakes and all that stuff. He may start you off with nothing and make you something. Are you following me? What people don't understand, it ain't going to be this way always. It won't be this way. Always. You know what I feel? You know what I feel? I feel a change coming. I feel a change. Can I tell y'all something? This is the beginning of a new era. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of something great. Watch this. Listen to me. And God got you in it. 
This is the beginning of something great, and God got you in it. Boy, your, ooh, look at you. Your enthusiasm overwhelms me. I'm going to say that one more time. This is the beginning of something great, and God's got you in it. He's got you in it. Come on, seven. He's got me in it. It's the beginning of something great. He's got you in it. Isn't that good to know? It's good to know. Thank y'all so much for listening today. A prepared church. You're not getting there on easy street. You may have to go through some things. You may have to shed some stuff off. And it may not even look pretty while you're going through it. But by the time you get to Mount Carmel, oh my God, my God, my God. And this is what you're going to say up just all over. You're going to say, it was worth the trip. It was worth me going through. It was worth me having to go that way. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Let's give God praise.